Good afternoon and welcome to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer. Today we are joined by Jeff Peterson. He's with Heartland Farm Partners in Lincoln, Nebraska. And uh, we'll run down the market screen first of all. Uh, Jeff, something we haven't seen for a little while here. Corn actually took uh, kind of a lead role today. Six to 13 higher catches most of those contracts. Uh, Soybeans back and forth. Ended the day for the most part higher. Two to four higher it kind of looks like. And then uh, Kansas City wheat ended up about a nickel or just over just give us your thoughts first of all um, uh, market trade overall on a thursday what were kind of the the main things the high points of today's trade jeff yeah so sit back and i think we we look at from a technical perspective i think we've had some of the charts on both the corn and soybean side it broke some you know resistance that opened it up from some for, uh, for some initial buyers to step in the other side of it is that we've also got the crude oil market a little higher crude oil currently up a dollar 90 a barrel just slightly over $90.22 a barrel. So that's adding some support to us. We've also seen some very good strength coming out of soybean meal, and we've also got some good strength coming out of of wheat that's kind of helped giving us a tailwind. Overall, if we sit back and kind of think about it, one of the things where the funds are sitting right now, you know, they're, they're a slight long on the bean side, so they bought more than what they physically have sold. They're, they're short on the corn side, on the corn, and also on the wheat side. So as we see people adjusting their positions, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the you know, the Israel-Hamas war in a little bit, but as they're adjusting those positions, you might find a few people since that maybe are short they are wanting to buy out of these positions. Now that it looks like we've got the seasonal low or at least the harvest low in, and we've got the market bouncing back higher. All right. Well, let's spend some time and talk about the commodities individually. And as you, uh, I think it's timely to talk about demand. Uh, you know, corn, we had the uh, ethanol grind report yesterday that looked pretty good. Uh, first of all, on, on corn, what do you think of, of corn demand here now and moving forward? Yeah, so as we dig into that, and since you brought up the ethanol, let's dig into that. You know, ethanol margins are decent enough. We've got crude oil going up. We've got, you know, we've got a nice spread between where gasoline and and the ethanol prices are, so there's some margin there. And, and margins are, are good enough on the, basically on the ethanol side to give us some good sized amounts of usage. Um, we're setting this past, or on Wednesday, we got the update on the weekly ethanol production number. That came out at 1,035,000 barrels per day average this last week. And just to kind of put that in perspective, Chad, year to date, now we go back starting on September 1st, that's when the crop year began. So from September 1st till now, Year-to-date, we're up 7.7% compared to a year ago. Now, USDA currently has us up about 2%, so we're ahead of pace right now. Currently, where things are setting, um, I, I think we'll continue to see really strong demand, especially if we end up increasing that crude oil price a little bit. Now, the other side of that also gets to be, as we look at, are we on this ethanol that we're producing, are we getting rid of it? The weekly ethanol stocks would have showed, you know, actually a decline from the previous week. About 21 million barrels is what our current amount of supply is out there, and that is down. As a matter of fact, that's down about 3.3% compared to last year. So we're, we're producing more, but yet our stocks are lower, which means we've got good usage there. We then step over and take a look at the export side. And, and actually, first thing I'll start off is just overall our shipments. You know, if we, the Mississippi River and where it's at right now, you know, we're, we're approaching below 12 feet, uh, below 
the low level as we get Memphis south on that. We are expecting to see some improvement for some of the rains that have fallen, you know, across the you know, Minnesota, parts of eastern Iowa, over into Illinois, Indiana, Ohio. We think there will be some additional rains coming through as we get in the first part of next week into the middle of the week for the eastern part of the Corn Belt. And that should help basically give us some more water in the Mississippi River, which could help with our you know, barge levels and, and not having such problems with that. Um, on the inspection side, to give you an idea, going back to September 1st on the corn side, um, we're up about 19.2% compared to a year ago. USDA believes we're going to be up about 21.9% compared to a year ago. So our, our shipment pace, even though we've had the challenges on the Mississippi, is actually looking pretty good right now, Chad. Okay. Now, we're, some of the concern comes in, though, is on the export sales side, on the corn side. Okay. I was going to say, could you say the same thing about soybeans? I mean, I'm hearing a few more sales, and uh, we still have this uh, renewable diesel thing in front of us. What's the story on soybeans? Yeah, as we dig into the soybean side, uh, so let's let's break into the crush side first, since that piggybacks right with everything we're seeing on the renewable diesel side. NOPA crush numbers came out this week and, and actually had a new record for September, 165.5 million bushels. And the NAPO crush, the reason that that one gets looked at a lot is about 95% of all the crush facilities are, are tied back to NAPO. So when they release those numbers, that gives us a good way of seeing kind of how things are tracking. Now, to put that number into perspective, uh, that's up about 4.6% compared to last year for where September was. Now, year to date, uh, going from September 1st, you know, that would put us up about 4.6% compared to a year ago. USDA has us up 4%, so actually, you know, ahead of the pace of what they're needing. Now, one of the things that's interesting is as we look at those numbers, we had a larger crush, but actually what we're seeing is that even lower amounts of soybean oil that's actually extra, which tells us not only we're producing a lot, but we're actually using a lot. And as a matter of fact, what's interesting about that, Chad, is that this would be, I think, the first month that we actually used more uh, soybean oil for renewable, so biodiesel and renewable diesel, than what would have got used for food and feed uses. And that, that would be the first time, at least what I'm showing, the first time on the record that that's happened. So we're seeing the shift there. And, and then as we, one of the things that you do take a look at is you do end up seeing a lot of people talk about, you know, okay, what's happening on the export side. We'll have to talk about that on the other side, Chad. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, second half of the uh, channel final bell is coming up here in just a moment. Jeff Peterson at Heartland Farm Partners in Lincoln. We'll round out a discussion on that, talk about some of the other outside market forces and how this all plays into our marketing plan. That's on the, uh, that's in the second half of the channel final bell here on the Rural Radio Network. challenge it's not something you shy from it's a chance to up your game every day brings a new challenge but with the enhanced channel seed brand on your side you can rise to it with our top performing seed innovative digital tools and expanded agronomic support you can turn tomorrow's challenges into your next advantage your enhanced channel seed brand let's rise to the challenge learn more at channel.com rise Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. 
Welcome back to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer, joined once again by Jeff Peterson, Heartland Farm Partners in Lincoln. Now, before the break, we were talking about soybeans. Again, uh, maybe uh, trying to dive into that. Uh, what what are the sales numbers? What are the actual inspection numbers? Uh, kind of uh, round out that conversation, and what do we need to know about that, Jeff? Yeah, so as we dig into it on the, the weekly inspections, on those numbers come out every Monday. Uh, digging into those year to date, we're up about 14.5% compared to a year ago. And, uh, but keep in mind, that's just from September 1st. And USDA says we're going to be down 11.9%. So that, you know, we, we shipped out this past week about 74 million bushels of soybeans, which we'd expect to see. The thing about that is we're shipping out a higher percentage of those out of the Pacific Northwest as opposed to the Gulf because of the challenges with the Mississippi River. Now, where some of the concern comes in, if you do some different types of pace analysis on exports, one of the concerns is is that, wait a minute, we aren't getting enough sold because eventually here we're going to run out. And let me kind of put that in perspective for us. As we look at where exports were as of this last report we'd have got, it, it shows that we've got about 44% of what USDA is forecasting sold. Now, how that compares to past years, well, last year at this time, it would have been 54%. The three-year average would be about 59%. Five-year average would be about 50%. But one of the things that I'd say is I think we have to be careful in looking at our export sales that way because what we know is that South America had a very big bean crop. And what we know is that because of our problems we had on the Mississippi River, it made us a little less competitive. And what that really means is that as we are offering stuff out of whether it was the Pacific Northwest, out of out in the Washington, Oregon area, or down at the Gulf, we're offering those out at a higher basis level than what we would have probably had had we not had problems with the river. And what that's allowed is that's allowed South America to even probably export out a few more beans that they wouldn't have been able to if because if we'd had a cheaper basis level, we'd have got that business. We'd have been cheaper. Now, so what I think is going to happen is I think we are going to see additional demand step up here. I'm not too concerned at this point yet that we aren't going to be able to hit USDA numbers on exports. I think we will see that demand come in. But if one caveat to that, though, Chad, is if it is going to happen, we are going to need to see that kind of start happening within the next three to four weeks. If it doesn't happen then and we don't see that we're getting more export sales out there in that latter part of December into January time frame, then, then we got to start getting a little concerned because then what that's telling us is, oh, wait a minute, South America has way more beans out there than we think. And, uh, you know, we then we have to be concerned that maybe China believes they can get through till that next crop. And then we'd have to start talking about the export number being pulled back. All right. Some things to watch on. Now, we've talked purely about production and demand, uh, but we haven't talked about outside influences yet because, uh, you know, we've had the Ukraine thing for uh, quite a while. But this uh, thing with uh, Hamas and Israel and is uh, Iran going to get more involved? Uh, markets don't like that sort of uncertainty, do they? No, they really don't. And, and as we dig into that and look at that, I, I think overall the things that we mentioned, with the Israel-Hamas war, I believe that supported the market because what it's doing is it's actually driving up our price of crude oil. And the other thing, I, the reason I'd say it's supportive in this situation is because in many times some of the buyers and, and sellers do want to get to the sidelines. So what does that end up meaning? That really wouldn't mean them adjusting their position if they wanted to get completely out and sit on the side. But on the corn side and on the wheat side, they're in a short. So what that would mean is if they wanted to get to the side, not have a position, not take the risk, 
at this time, that means they need to buy back positions. And so that's where it makes me feel pretty good about where the markets are sitting with those events going on, Chad. Okay. Now, let's tie this all back to our marketing plan. First question I have for you is basis, because I I think there is kind of an interesting basis story that's happening uh, right now, and I, I think that's changed here over the last couple of weeks. What should we be know? What should we know about those basis opportunities right now, Jeff? Yeah, basis opportunities. So let's break this down into harvest and then post-harvest. Post-harvest, we're going to see basis improve. Harvest, we're going to see basis improve from here going forward. We've got, I think, the lowest basis levels or the worst basis levels behind us because we're far enough on both corn and soybean harvest in many areas that now the buyers are going to have to fight for those bushels. And what they know is once those bend doors close and harvest is finished up, it's going to be hard to get those bushels to move unless the futures do a lot of work. And and I guess I do think the futures price are going to work their way higher, but I think basis is going to have to do a lot of the work. So I'm, I'm looking for higher basis levels down the road, Chad. All right. And just uh, one final uh, thought. Uh, should we be, this this crop is barely in the bin, should, but should we be looking at 24 and maybe making some decisions there or not yet? Yeah, not not quite yet. I would get ready to start thinking about that and, and making sales. I wouldn't quite pull the trigger yet, but I'd start getting ready. For folks that want to get a hold of you, get in touch with you, how do they do that, Jeff? Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on X, which was formerly Twitter, at JeffPeterson01. That's Jeff Peterson, Heartland Farm Partners in Lincoln. A reminder, trading of commodity futures does involve substantial risk of loss. might not be suitable for all investors. That is today's Channel Final Bell. It's brought to you by Channel and your local dealers. Here on the Rural Radio Network, Chad Moyer reporting.